Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, everybody, I'm Chris Riley. This is segment three with Rob Zettler, the assistant coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. So, you've retired as a player. What drove you into coaching? Do you always want to do it, or did it just kind of like, hey, you know, I think you'd be a good coach? So, who, who told you, or did you feel you could be a good coach? Uh, well, I always thought about it, you know, thought about it. I went to a few coaching clinics when I was, while I was playing. And then uh, the interesting part is I went to um, Roger Nielsen's coaching clinic. He has it in Windsor every year. And that was a big deal. And I went to it as a, when I was a player the last couple of years when I was in Washington, Ron Wilson was presenting and uh, we went out afterwards and had a drink and we just started talking about it. And that year I was playing for Ron in Washington and, he said to me, like, I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't playing every night. So I'd sat out a few games and he said, Hey, you're interested in coaching. You want, you want to come on the bench? And um, it was an exhibition game. And uh, so I did. And it just kind of stood there. I didn't say a whole lot, but kind of got the juices flowing a little bit. And then um, that year, at the end of that year, I retired and the kind of this, it was weird. This, I was doing radio for the Sharks and I was doing some alumni work for the Sharks. We moved back to San Jose. And Daryl Sutter was the coach of the Sharks at the time. And uh, so I was watching every game and uh, they fired Daryl and his whole staff. And lo and behold, two days later, they named Ron Wilson, the coach. And uh, so I called, I called Ron. I said, Hey, listen, if you need to know anything about the team, I've been following them for three months and kind of know the personnel and know what they're doing, know how they're playing. So if you need anything, let me know. And if you need anything in San Jose, let me know. And then I didn't hear from them for two or three days and uh I, go, I went to his press conference because of you know kind of media ish i guess and um the ceo of the team walks past me and says are you ready to do this and i didn't know what he was talking about <laughs> honestly it was really weird and then uh 10 minutes later uh, ron has somebody come get me and he goes well are you interested in, in coaching i said uh yeah and I still didn't really get it. Like I, I, didn't go to <laughs> well, I want to hire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I said, would you like to be, like to be on my staff? And I said, oh, wow. I literally did not see that coming. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. You know, uh, that'd be great. So, so <laughs> it literally trial by fire. It's December. The next day I got a whistle on my hand and I got skates on my feet and, and I'm coaching in the NHL. And it really was trial by fire. And uh, you think you know the game? And then try teaching it and to NHL players. So at least, right? And you got a veteran team, Mike Ricci, Brian Marchment, uh, all Nolan, all these guys that you're like, you just finished playing against. You know, I had battles against some of these guys, and now you're like coaching them. So it was really, and I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think it's the way to go. I think coaches should cut their teeth at a younger level and kind of get ready for that step. But um, you know, that was my start. Biggest adjustment you had to go through. Like, you know, I, I've had some guys on, they've talked about how when they went into coaching and or player personnel or player development, um, they might've played with some of these guys or seen some of these younger guys. And now you got to give an evaluation on them. You're no longer their teammate. You're now on the other side of the fence. And how tough is that to do that? Like, you know, like, like you know, Ron will turn to you and say, what do you think of this guy? Oh yeah. And you, and like you played with him. Or you played against him, and it's now you got to be honest and say, "Well, this is where I think his game is weak, or this is where I think is." I mean, was that hard for you? 
Yeah, it was hard. At first, it was hard, actually. It wasn't, I didn't find it hard giving my opinion to Ron or anybody else about somebody. It was hard, um, you know, giving that or having to say that to a colleague. Like, to say that, I remember I had to tell, like, Brian Marchman, he's just not going to play much for us. And that was hard. You know, like, I played against Brian for a long time. I didn't really know him, but it was like, I'm the same age as Brian, and now I'm coaching him. I'm his D coach, and I'm telling him he's not going to play very much because we want to bring in these young guys who want to play. And he was great, but at the same time, those were really hard conversations. He's a well-respected defenseman, played a number of games in the league, um, all of it. He was, a, you know, important defenseman for the Sharks. But the, the one thing I people ask then, back then, I, they said, what's the biggest difference in coaching and playing? I said, well, it's – 10 times the work for one tenth the salary is what, is what they, <laughs> especially back then. But, uh, but no, it was, it, it helped, it really helped me grow. Like, you know, you get put in those hard situations and you're like, okay, man, you just got to do it. You got to take a step forward and, and get through this. And it did. And, you know, like those are all important lessons, right. And just kind of facing that and facing that, those hard conversations and having those hard conversations and, getting ahead of them is it's a really important part of coaching to, you know, I think you, you, you earn a little bit of respect when you're uh, when you have those conversations with the players, you know, it's not always, you know, this, it's not always bad news. There's a lot of great to it too. There's a lot of fun conversations you get to have with players as well and grow these relationships, but uh, you know, some of them are hard and some of them are, are delivering not great news. Um, and uh, those aren't easy ones. How do you tell a player or define a player's role uh, for the defense? You know, like you'll say to a guy, Hey, you know, I already got four guys that can play on the power play for me. I need you to be the fifth or sixth defenseman here. And you're not going to do special teams. You're going to play sparingly for me. But yet this player, when he, or, when he was coming up was a stud or was a, was a star. And now he gets to this league. As we discussed, it's, it's very competitive. Yeah. How do you have that conversation with a guy and say, I already got four guys who can do this, but can you do this for me? Yeah. So I think, I think you got to kind of, you got to, you got to tell them the truth, but you got to throw them a bone at the same time. Like to me, it's like, Hey, this is where we are, man. Right now I got these four guys that are playing the power play and that's probably not going to change right now. So this is where you are. And, um, but you know, we got, to, we got a chance to grow together here. We can, we can get you better. So let's just every day, let's start building some layers to get you to the point where you are one of those four guys, because even if right now you're not, um, you have to be ready for the opportunity to be one, because one of those four guys, things happen fast, injury, trades, you know, crazy stuff in hockey goes on all the time. You've got to be prepared for that opportunity and you're going to get it. I don't know when you're going to get it, but you're going to have a chance to shine at some point. You're going to be on the power play at some point uh, because of injury. And let's be ready for it. So let's just work for it. And uh, that's kind of how I approach it. So you have that honest conversation, but let's, let's spin it a little bit so we can take some positive out of it. But you're not there yet, but how can we get you there? And uh, I think that helps. You know, it kind of puts it, it up to them. It kind of lays it back onto their plate saying, all right, I am where I am right now, but I got a chance to get better. And how do we do that? Now, when you're working with these guys during the season, I mean, what are you passing on to them? I mean, you know, right now you're with the lightning. I mean, do you and John sit down and discuss like, Hey, 
we need to work on the following things on defense right now. This is where I see it lacking. Do you see it lacking? I mean, is there a lot of discussion that goes into like the, the breaking down of practice drills with these guys? Do you have a separate practice you know, session with them where defense goes to one side of the ice and offense goes to the other side? Because a lot of coaches, what, where I'm going with this is a lot of youth coaches don't take that kind of time with their kids and break it down a lot. And they don't break down different skill sets with kids. I mean, do you guys do that kind of a thing with them in the NHL? Every day, every day. Um, we do it all the time. And uh, so those conversations are every morning. Like, how do we want to handle this? How do we want to move forward? And a lot of times the day before on what our thoughts are for the next day. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really important, especially, you know, I'm not going to teach Victor Hedman how to skate. Um, yeah, you know, he, he can do that very well already. Yeah, uh, but you know, I can help them with you know what we expect systematically, and um, and when he does it right, it's much easier uh, for other guys to teach or, or tell other guys to to do it that way as well. Especially if he's following along. You know, Victor is a great person, great player, and he wants to do anything to help the team win. You know, I had a conversation with the other day. I'm new here, and by the way, these guys just won the Stanley Cup, so I'm not. You know, we're not changing a whole lot. I'm not <laughs> new things to the table here for these guys. So, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is is figure out the way they do things, and then you know we can add a add a something, or I can learn something and and help these guys to get another one. Like I said to Victor the other day, we we're just a morning skate, and I said, hey, what do you guys like to do in the morning? And because uh, usually usually we have like some few team drills and then we'll we'll split it up just like you said forwards down here defenseman down here and I got the D and we do something we do some shooting or we do a little bit of skill set and I said to Victor um you know what do you guys usually like to do in the morning of game day and he goes well I usually just like to shoot and then he stopped and he thought and he goes unless you're unless there's something you think we can get better at and uh so that was really interesting to me right this is the guy that's won the Norse trophy won the Conn Smythe won the Stanley Cup last year and if I got something that he thinks will help him get better, then he's all ears. And that's one of the best defensemen in the league. So that kind of attitude's infectious and contagious. And, uh, and then you got a guy like, you know, Cal Foote, who's a first round pick and has played two years in the minors that needs, you know, to work on some of the skill sets that I can help him with. And I know I can help him with that, some of that stuff. So, uh, you know, I think each it's everybody, it's, you got to take it case by case and treat everybody or look at everybody a little bit differently to see how you can help them. Uh, sometimes it's just being in the air and listening to guys and seeing what they need. Um, so it's, it's different. There's a lot of specialization. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, let's go back to your coaching career, like bouncing around a little bit here. Um, what was it like to work with Ron and to coach with him? What did you take? What were some takeaways from him that you you've still used today that were so important? Yeah, Ron, uh, he, well, he saw the game incredibly well when it was live. He picked out things in the game where, you know, especially as a new coach, he, I would, you know, say something and he goes, no, it didn't happen that way. And I'm like, yeah, it did. It did happen that way. And he'd be like, go look at the computer. So, you know, I pulled up the computer and sure enough, it happened exactly the way. He, but he saw the game at a really high level. He, you know, the game is so fast at ice level and he was able to pick, pick stuff up real quick and make real subtle adjustments. But the, um, he was able to, and I'll, and I'll say this about the three guys that I've worked with, that I've worked with in the NHL. This is, you know, Ron Wilson, Pete DeBoer, and John Cooper. This is a skill set that I think is super important as a coach. They take, can take a potentially complicated situation 
and spin it around and say it in a way to the players that is really easy to understand, easy to digest, and really easy to take out of the ice quickly. And, you know, a lot of people can take an easy situation and complicate it. They can yes. take complicated situations and make them easy. And not everybody has that skill. And the three guys that I worked with at the NHL level all have that skill. And it's really fun to watch. And it's really fun to see the players go, got it, and take it out there and do it. So Ron had that ability. And, uh, but he was also very, he was ahead of his time analytically. He kept, uh, he kept his own, all his own stats on all the players and all the uh, opposing players. He could pull out stats on everybody. So when nobody was doing it, literally nobody was doing it. So that was really interesting. And just how organized he was. Um, be a coach, you got to be organized. Um, so that I learned a lot from him that way. You're in Toronto with him. Um, how was that experience? Now you're back in Toronto on the coaching side with Ron, and you got Brian Burke as your GM. Um, two guys, they were college teammates at Providence College. They're lifelong friends. What did you take away from working with Brian Burke and with Ron in that situation? I mean, th those two guys really know a lot about hockey. I mean, at that, at that level, I mean, you, know, you just said that Ron was very analytical and, and, and Brian's the GM. And how, how did that work with you guys up there? I mean, were you just kind of sometimes sitting back and just listening in on what they were talking about or? Well, both great stories and both have great Lou Lamarillo stories and really <laughs> both fun guys to listen to. I'd play for Brian anytime. Loved, loved working for him uh, as my GM. Um, he was great. And uh, no, I felt the same way about Ron. And uh, they were just good because Brian never came down afterwards and he never poured it on after a tough loss or a uh, bad game. He never came down and, you know, pounded the tables or started swearing or anything. He just came down and uh, said, you guys need anything? And, and then went on his way. And, you know, he'd have some of the hard conversations a little bit later, but never immediately after the game. Um, so, but, you know, just good hockey man and uh, a lot of fun to be around. And he was a guy that just, he, he understood and knew uh, how hard it is to be a coach and uh, how volatile it is, just, you know, how insecure it is. And I think he understood that. And he let you know that he's got your back. And uh, that was a good feeling. He, he was a good dude to work for. Yeah, he, he coached me just to, uh, like a little um, disclosure. They coached me at Providence College Hockey Camp for power skating in the oh, evenings gosh. with Lou. So I've known the NHL. What's that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't make it. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I have no, like I've known Lou since I'm 10 and I've known those guys since I'm about yeah. 13, 14 and they, they were really tough, but you learned, yeah. which was the key. Yeah. That's what I really, I took away yeah. from them. Yeah. All right. So you wind up now in Syracuse in the AHL with John Cooper. Um, was that a disappointment to go down after being up in the NHL or were you like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll well, go down and bounce back. It was, um, no, it wasn't, it was a little bit worrisome because I had family now, you know, I got, I got three kids and, um, you know, they things just ended in Toronto and what are you going to do? Right. So do you move back to San Jose? Do you look for another gig? And I was, uh, I got close to a couple my, what I really wanted to do was be a head coach in the American hockey league. Cause everybody had talked to me said, you got to get head coaching on your resume. So that's what I was trying to do. And um, I'd gotten turned down for a couple jobs. And then um, I was literally ready to head back to San Jose and the house was packed in Toronto and, and John called. And uh, he said, would you, be, would you be interested in assistant job in Syracuse? And I kind of, I didn't know if I would be. And then and, and I started poking around and, and doing my homework on John and talking. I didn't know him. 
and and uh, talking to a lot of people that did and quickly realized that John's on the fast track and he knew he was going to be an NHL coach, if not, you know, within a couple of years for sure. So my thought process was simply um, I'd go work with John and potentially have the opportunity to get back in the NHL as an assistant with him or go work with John and if he leaves, potentially take over. And the latter happened. I ended up taking over in Syracuse and, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome. And that experience, you know, I got four years or three and a half years as head coach because John left halfway through there. We lost in the finals that year and just a lot of good things come from it. You learn to, you know, run your own bench and run your own show and how, how much it weighs on you. <laughs> you really feel that more so as a head coach, obviously. And then, uh, you know, without that opportunity, this one wouldn't have happened either. So um, it was great. Difference between being a assistant coach in, in professional hockey and a head coach. Differences that you were unaware of. Well, you're not only trying to get your players better, but you're trying to help your staff be better. And it's, it's just another layer, right? Because now, like as an assistant coach, I never really thought about, like I worked with the trainers and, um, but as a head coach, you got to think about all those guys and what, what's going on with their careers. And as a head coach, you got to think about your assistants and what's going on with their careers. And are they getting better? Are they helping you win? Are you helping them get to where they want to be? Um, so, so that, that's another layer, right? And then of course you just feel that the spotlight shines a little bit brighter on you as the head coach. And, you know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, the decisions you make are yours. And, uh, you, instead of, instead of uh, giving opinions, you're making decisions. You know, as an assistant, you're, you're given a lot of opinions and you're telling the head coach what you think, but as the head coach, you, you got to make the decisions. And uh, so that was great for me. Again, you know, nerve wracking and um, eye opening, but great experience. So after four years there, three and a half years there, you get bounced, you know, things happen in hockey. We said it just, that's the nature of the beast. We had disappointed, you failed. Yeah. How, how do you and how do you how do you rebound from that? How did you how did you how do you pull yourself back from that? Well, it's um, you know as a coach, you know I guess the easy thing to say is you're a coach; it's expected, and um, those things happen in hockey. But it still doesn't make it any less disappointing. I was very disappointed. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we just didn't win enough hockey games. We didn't make the playoffs that year, um, and. Um, you know, that's just what it was. We didn't run enough <laughs> hockey games. So, uh, but, you know, so that, that happens. You don't know what to do. Again, I got three kids and a wife that I got to take care of. And what do you do? Syracuse wasn't home. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any plans to stay there. We, we were there for the job. And although we really enjoyed it and good people and everything, but we weren't going to stay there. And um, so we moved back to San Jose. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have a year left in my contract. I was still getting paid. Um, so that helped, got us back to San Jose, and then I ended up getting a Sharks job. And, you know, it's just things kind of <laughs> fell into place again for me. It was, you're lucky. Yeah. So, so now you're with the Lightning. They're, a, they're coming off a Stanley Cup win in a very strange time. Very, very odd circumstances to win last year's Cup or last fall's Cup. Yeah. Um, and you run the defense. What are some things that make a great NHL defenseman? What do you look for as a coach in, in things that you feel make a good defenseman in the NHL? Uh, being able to read, you know, being a sense of where the puck's going and a sense of being able to read the play. 
um, you know, it's really important. Um, things happen so quickly in the, the NHL level. Um, and, you know, if you want to talk about skill sets, then, you know, now it's skating. If you can't skate, you're done. Um, and in, for a defenseman, that usually means, you know, really good footwork because you have to be able to, um, you have to be able to keep up with these guys. You have to be able to defend them and put, in, put them into areas where they don't want to be, right? You can't let them control uh, where they're going. You got to let, you got to be able to control and kind of guide them and angle them into an area where they're not dangerous. You know, Wednesday night we're playing Patrick Kane. So, you know, what do you do against Patrick Kane? He's slippery. He's dangerous from both sides of the ice. You know, where do you try and put him? How do you defend him? You got to get to him early. You got to get the puck off a stick early in the neutral zone. So, all those things. And um, so, you know, I guess above else, the skill set is skating. You got to be able to skate. But at the end of the day, as a defenseman, uh, you really got to be able to read plays and, and just position yourself well to defend. Because if you're two feet out of position, they're going to make you look silly. What do you talk to the defenseman about, you know, before the game? You know, how do you break things down? I mean, how do you say to them, here, look, these are the things we, we see, coaches and I see. We're, this is what we're looking for tonight. Be careful. Read these situations, as you're saying, you know, all that different stuff. How much do you really rely to talk to them before a game on that? And do they ask you questions about what's going on? Well, you don't, you just, you don't overload them, right? You give them two or three bullets that uh, what to look for. And, uh, you know, for the most part, you're just, you know, you're asking your guys to play the system that, you know, you play our system. And, uh, you know, I made the mistake in Syracuse of focusing too much on the other team and um, not enough on our team systematically, you know, before games and pregame meetings and stuff. And, you know, you learn from that. And you quickly realize that if you trust what you do and trust in your system, then you focus on that and you let your players play. And uh, they're going to beat you. They're going to beat you doing what you do best or you're trying to do what you do best. And I think that's, that's a really important lesson for a coach to – you know, not make all these little adjustments. You know, there's always some subtle adjustments, but at the end of the day, you can't, you know, you play 82 games in a season. You can't have a different game plan for 82 games. You got to have a game plan and a foundation in place. And, um, you know, if you do that well, then you give yourself a chance to win. This team is a Stanley Cup defender this yep. year. What kind of pressure does that put on you guys coming into the season? Um. And you're on the outside. You didn't. You weren't with them last year. Now you're in yeah, here. Is that, yeah. is that? Is there a you know, different kind of pressure on everybody now? Yeah, I don't know. You know, and I'm not sure that's a, a question for me. Maybe a question for someone else on the staff if they feel that pressure. I certainly, I feel some pressure to be able to, you know, play at that same level still because you know you're a new guy coming in, so you don't want it to be a distraction. You don't want to play any worse. You know. You know, there's been a lot of changes here. You know, we've got a really good team, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Kucherov's out for the year. And, you know, we lost a couple of defensemen, but you still, you look at our team, we're still really good. And uh, we still have a lot of really good talent. We've got, a, you know, two high-end forwards and Stamkos and Point and some other guys in the supporting cast. we got a, you know, Norris Trophy winning defenseman and we got a Vesna winning goalie. That's pretty good. You know, <laughs> both, both, both You're stacked. You're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Most teams can't say that, so um, that, that's pretty good. That was segment three with Rob Zettler, the assistant coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment four. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. 